Good morning. Good morning, everybody, and welcome. I wonder if you met anybody on your way to church this morning. I met a bear, Pooh Bear. And I said to Pooh Bear, why aren't you busy? Because it's a nice day, said Pooh. Yes, but uh, well, why ruin it, he said. But you could be doing something important, I said. I am, said Pooh. Oh, doing what? Listening, he said. Listening to what? To the birds and watching that squirrel over there. And what are they saying, I said. They're saying that it's a nice day. But you know that already, I said. Yes, yes, I do know that already, but it's always good to hear that somebody else thinks that too, he replied. And that's who I met on the way to church this morning. And I bring you welcome. Welcome to Essex Church. Welcome to this gathered community of Kensington Unitarians. I light our chalice this simple flame that reminds us that we are part of something much greater, part of a liberal, progressive community the world over, part of one humanity that shines with one light. And I'm inviting us all now to share in a time of prayer and reflection chance to turn inwards. I call on the spirit of life and love, the God of our hearts and our understanding to be with us now and to bless all that we say and do together here this day. Let us be people who pay attention. Who even when lives are tough, manage to turn their attention upwards to the stars and downwards to the earth on which we rest. Remembering that we are part of something so much greater than ourselves. We do indeed live in a world of wonder, both outside and within. And as we consider the world of wonder inside us, let us pay attention to our own well-being. Let us recognise if we ourselves are dealing with pain and discomfort this day, as so many are. Let us not ignore those difficulties. And yet may we be guided always to transcend the difficulties and remember the wonder and the gift that it is to be alive this day. Let us pay attention 
to the state of our world where there are so many issues to trouble and concern everyone who cares and yet where unexpected signs of hope can emerge from time to time. Let us be the people who notice those small green shoots of possibility, especially in intractable or seemingly intractable situations. We are here in central London, just a mile away from the Grenfell Tower where that terrible fire took over 70 lives and, and destroyed other lives forever too, just a year ago this week. I'm going to invite us to stand if we feel able, but do please sit to mark a minute's silence in silent witness to the dreadful suffering that other people have experienced so very close to us. So would you rise as you feel able? I invite you to sit down again. The, the possibility of a fire such as that at Grenfell <coughs> is a disgrace in a community like ours. Let us hope that truth can be uncovered and that justice finally will prevail. And I ask this for the greater good of all. Amen. Taking us from central London to the east, I wonder if you remember the um, beautiful prints created by the Japanese artist of the 19th century, Hokusai. It was a marvellous exhibition a little while ago in the British Museum. And um, Roger Keyes is an art historian, an expert on Hokusai's work, and also a poet. And he spent time looking at those beautiful prints 
the great wave, Mount Fuji, pastoral scenes. And from that, he created this meditative poem that Richard and I are going to read together. Put it more your way. Hokusai says, look carefully. He says, pay attention, notice. He says, keep looking, stay curious. He says, there is no end in seeing. He says, look forward to getting old. He says, keep changing. You just get more who you really are. He says, get stuck, accept it, repeat yourself as long as it's interesting. He says, keep doing what you love. He says, keep praying. He says, every one of us is a child. Every one of us is ancient. Every one of us has a body. He says, every one of us is frightened. He says every one of us has to find a way to live with fear. He says everything is alive. Shelves, buildings, people, fish, mountains, trees. Wood is alive. Water is alive. Everything has its own life. Everything lives inside us. He says live with the world inside you. He says it doesn't matter if you draw or write books. It doesn't matter if you saw wood or catch fish. It doesn't matter if you sit at home and stare at the ants on your veranda or the shadows of the trees and grasses in your garden. It matters that you care. It matters that you feel. It matters that you notice. It matters that life lives through you. Contentment is life living through you. Joy is life living through you. Satisfaction and strength is life living through you. Peace is life living through you. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Look, feel, let life take you by the hand. Let life live through you. That's what Hokusai says. He died well into his 80s and he said if he'd just been able to live a few more years he might have been a really great artist. <laughs> Mindful by Mary Oliver. Every day I see or hear something that more or less kills me with delight that leaves me like a haystack in a needle of light. It was what I was born for, to look, to listen, to lose myself inside this soft world, to instruct myself over and over in joy and acclamation. Nor am I talking about the exceptional, the fearful, the dreadful, the very extravagant, but of the ordinary, the common, the very drab, the daily presentations. 
Oh, good scholar, I say to myself, how can you help but grow wise with such teachings as these? The untrimmable light of the world, the oceans shine, the prayers that are made of grass. a lovely um, piece of music to move us into a time of meditation and stillness now. Um, do feel free to move around and to get yourselves comfy. We have wonderful roof lights, but the negative of that is that the sun comes blasting in sometimes right on top of you. So if you're feeling hot, do move elsewhere. And just let go of anything that you don't want to hold on to for the next few minutes or hold on to something or someone be aware of yourself in this chair in this space perhaps do a scan of how you are at this moment it's warm today are you comfy Does it feel all right to take a deep breath? Just rest into your chair. Allowing this as a time for yourself. In this meditation, I'm inviting you to pay attention, but we all are so aware of the 
challenges of paying attention in life. We have our magnificent galloping minds to deal with. We know how quickly our thoughts can set off into the future or jump back into the past. It's a great gift to be able to stay in the present moment with what is here and now. A constantly changing present moment, anchored perhaps by the gentle rhythm of your breathing, anchored perhaps by a sense of your feet on the ground, your body resting on this planet Earth home. I invite you in the few minutes of stillness that will follow, which will come to an end with a chime from our bell, I invite you to simply play with paying attention, here and now, always coming back to the physical sensations and the gentle rhythm of your breathing. You might want to have your little hymn sheet with you for, for this part of the service. Um, on, on the first evening of every month, we have an alternative spiritual gathering here at Essex Church called Heart and Soul. I know some of you have been coming to that for some time now. This month it was led by Brian Ellis. Give us a wave, Brian. <laughs> and he asked us to think about our favorite pieces of art. Not just paintings and drawings, prints and photographs, not just 3D works of art, such as sculptures or installations, but what about architecture and music, novels and poems and more? We humans are remarkably inventive when it comes to artistic endeavors, aren't we? So today I'm inviting you to repeat the task that Brian set us, to imagine yourselves being marooned on a desert island and being able to take eight pieces of art with you to comfort and inspire you in your solitude. Now on Thursday evening, we chose quite a few cathedrals and churches. We had agreed, after all, that architecture is art. So far, so good. 
But today we're tightening the rules because it all went horribly wrong after that and people started to choose entire art galleries and museums. Now, in truth, as a Unitarian community, we do expect occasional rule breaking, but if you could possibly keep your list to individual pieces of work, I would be fascinated to hear what it is you would like to take with you. I, I chose a very, very big sculpture, perhaps a Henry Moore or a Jacob Epstein, something really huge that I could get to know well. Um, and you are very welcome to a cathedral of your choosing, but after that, individual pieces. So not all Beethoven symphonies, just one, just one. See, we're, we're in the midst of our ministry theme for this month of creativity and the arts. And today's message is a reminder of the value of paying attention, of looking closer from time to time, of pausing in the midst of life, maybe of changing perspective and looking in a different way or hearing in a different way or touching in a different way from your normal ways of being. Because we know, don't we, art's potential to transform us. Art is not just about beauty, about the aesthetic, about the experience of pleasure. Haven't we all at times been shocked or surprised or even disgusted by a piece of art? That Damien Hirst's rotting piece of meat with the flies comes to mind whenever I think of disgusting artworks. And I've certainly been educated by art because it stimulates the intellect, doesn't it? It makes us think. And I've been moved by art again and again. Some deeper feeling response of the heart and the gut is elicited by great music, by certain novels and poems, by paintings, by films. Yeah, I felt inspired by art, encouraged in some way to get out there and do something for a change. I spoke last week about art and creativity as relational activities. As we respond to art, we are relationship building with the piece itself. Also with parts of ourselves, perhaps, that have been brought into life, into awareness by meeting this piece of art. And of course, we're often building relationships with those around us, sharing our responses to artwork to a novel maybe that two of us have read, to a drama on TV or a film that we've just watched at the cinema. Isn't that part of the fun of looking closer, of delving deeper? I feel really fortunate, and I know lots of you do too, to live in London and to have so much cultural expression to enjoy, sometimes too much. I, there is a syndrome called Londonitis, and that's where you feel really upset when you miss some very important <laughs> exhibition or concert that you really should have been at. I have Londonitis. And I often go to galleries with other people, and one of my um, favourite ways of art gallery visiting with a friend is with my friend Sally. Now, I credit our behaviour in galleries to the fact that we've known each other since we were eight years old, because there is a childlike glee in how we behave. Our latest method of art appreciation is to go around the National Gallery, which, as you perhaps know, has more pictures in it than any of us could appreciate in a lifetime, 
So me and Sally just look for the animals and we give ourselves extra points if they are extremely tiny and small, hidden or looking ghastly. I really recommend it to you as an afternoon activity. I mean, I want art to make me laugh and I want it to make me cry. Um, Another source of humour in art that I've been enjoying over the last few years has been the growth of tiny art. Here in London, there have been some site-specific installations, pieces of artwork just a few inches across. I saw one on the South Bank where there'd been a crack in the tarmac and um, somebody had turned it into an adventurous scene where tiny dinosaurs were emerging from the crack, from the crevice, and, and there were several little figures of uniformed service people battling bravely to get the dinosaurs back in the crack again. There was a small crowd had formed around this artwork and we were all laughing and we, we went on our way a little more joyfully with perhaps an extra anarchic spring in our step as we went. And I guess that's probably how graffiti artists feel when they walk away from their creations, though I really wish they'd all stick to being amusing rather than just tagging their nicknames for us all to stare at. I would very much like to meet the people who are putting stickers on the tube trains. Um, My life, I don't know about yours, is dominated by the central line And last year, I was delighted to see that someone had stuck the end just beyond South Rye's lip. (laughs) We heard heard earlier on about the exquisite prints made by Japanese artist Hokusai. Hokusai, who's saying, look carefully, pay attention, notice. He says, keep looking, stay curious. And poet Mary Oliver, who reminds us to notice the small things, the ordinary, the common, the very drab. That wisdom is to be found in paying attention to what seems simple and unremarkable, like a blade of grass or the quality of the light here at this moment. Earlier on, we we spent a minute of silence. In, uh, in witness of the first anniversary of the fire that destroyed Grenfell Tower and destroyed the lives of the people who'd made their precious homes there and who'd lived their precious lives just a mile down the road from this church. And now we're in the midst of a gruelling and completely essential inquiry into this dreadful fire and what led up to it. And we know already that a long list of inattentiveness is behind this disaster. People who were in positions of responsibility did not pay attention, did not look closer, did not hear what they were being told by those who really knew the residents themselves. So looking closer, yes. It can be fun, it can be a way to enjoy more fully a concert or a trip to a museum. But looking closer, paying attention, staying awake to what is before us, that can be life-saving. And I'm, I'm grateful to be part of a community here at Essex Church that encourages me to stay awake, to pay attention, to look a bit closer from time to time. 
It makes life worthwhile and, and it reminds us, doesn't it, that life really is very, very precious. Amen. Helen Keller wrote that the, the best and the most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched, but must be felt with the heart. May you, as you step out into the week ahead, feel more in your heart and find others to share those feelings with. Amen. Go well and blessed be.